where you are. Like in Colorado, it's not bad, but hello, friends. If you're like in Florida or somewhere really humid, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Georgia is pretty humid. Like, everything was okay in this garage that's attached to our house. So, it's not quite as like variable, yeah. but you know, it still would get, it still gets extreme. Like, I'll like be wearing gloves out here and stuff in the winter, but a small heater. What's up, friends? We were just chatting about shipping. So, yeah, uh, Anna's in her backyard, in her backyard. Uh, in <laughs> her garage. <laughs> It's Friday and we've both had a week. So uh, Anna's <laughs> in her garage and we were talking about like her shipping process. And um, if you want to, why don't you indulge them? <laughs> yes. In process. Oh my gosh. It is. Um, first of all, it is very Friday. Um, but yes. So about my shipping process. So basically all my inventory, it used to all be in the garage. I think when I got around, I want to say I was close to six or seven thousand items i was like okay at that point i i took on my first like basically estate clean out which i've only done a handful of those but i was like this is gonna make or break my storage situation so whenever that came around i was like okay there's no longer gonna be room for all the inventory in the garage and so i got storage units to store like vast vastly most of my inventory there's a few like smaller things back here on the shelves like lapel pins and stuff like little little stuff because I don't want to stand in the storage unit like looking for those little things so um which they're pretty quick to find it's still really organized but that the, all the little stuff is still in the garage with me and all my shipping supplies so basically I have to go to the storage unit pull everything bring it back home and ship it from the garage where all my supplies and my like table and my label printer and all that stuff and then um, if you forget something you have to go back how far is it to the storage unit yeah it's like i want to say it's like honestly like a five minute drive but i absolutely hate that part of it like okay. i try to be really careful and i double check stuff to make sure that i don't do that but it does happen occasionally and i get so pissed when it happens i'm like so tired of schlepping things back and forth yeah. and then like, do you take photos at your you take photos at your home um, yes. Well, actually my helper takes most of the photos now, but the, at her home, but whenever I do, I do that at my home too. So you take photos there and then do you like, how, what's your process in getting into your inventory? Cause I'm thinking, I know part of your process is by hearing all of this out. People have told me like, I am packed at 2000 items. Like I can't, cause I'm, I'm, I'm in my house. Like we have found my husband's like, well, we yeah. can do it in the living room. And I was like, I'm not having inventory in the living no, room. No, that's good. I want that life. Yeah. Like, inventory. Do not live among it. It's not good. Right. I want to separate it. And so he's like, well, and so people have said, get a storage unit. And I think about all of these things and I'm like, I don't, especially with my lifestyle, it's not. So you yeah. take photos or your helper takes photos at your house. Yeah. And then it gets a skew there and then you go put it in the bin. As you yeah, so the individual items don't have a skew. It's just they have a bin number. So like, for example, like what normally happens now, because my sister-in-law does most of the photos, like I'll, like the other day I did some myself just because I just happened to have some stuff on hand. So I just did it. But most of the stuff goes all through her and then comes to me. And so she will like log it, you know, make the title, take all the photos, upload the photos into drafts. And then it's already in that bin with that number. So like in the in our inventory log, the bin number is already there. Or she might do like A, B, and C, and depending on what number is next, like I keep track of that. And so then I'll change A to like, you know, bin 450 or whatever. And, you know, just put it in the spreadsheet that way, slap a label on the bin, and then it's already there. So by the time I take it to the storage unit, it is like I have fin- finalized the listing and like priced it and made the listing go live and I have put that the number on the bin and then so by the time it goes there it's like done it's like lives out there so like occasionally because you fill the bin back up oh no you consolidate down yeah I just consolidate so you consolidate down and when you're out there then you have like three empty bins and those empty bins come home with you yes also um we we were like sort of huh it's a lot of like pre-planning ahead you can't just like go in the basement and do it Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, kind of. I mean, I was I was just going to say another alternative to consolidating. This is a way that I sort of consolidate sometimes. Um, so just because of the like literally the distance between the shelves um, on my on my steel shelves, like I can fit like a big bin and then like a half size bin on top of that. Mm-hmm. So um, so sometimes if something is half full, I will just 
take all of that stuff and put it in a half bin and then just put the number, the same number on that half bin size. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. like I'm just putting it in a different container, but it keeps the number. I don't have to change anything in the spreadsheet. I just mm-hmm. thought about that because last time we were talking about this, I forgot to mention that part. But anyway. yeah, because when you go in and cha- like when you consolidate down, then you have to go in and change everything to a new. Where I and, yeah, just change the in the log like whatever the bin number is. Yeah, the thrifty rod is here. So I had mentioned last time she we're kind of talking to repeat again, but it came up naturally and it's, inf- it's it information. It's hard to like everyone's inventory system is different. Yeah, um, and every step affects the other step, so it's like it's hard to just talk about like one piece of it, but without the context because then you're like, well, well, then how do you do this part? Like, yes, yeah, yes. exactly. Well, like, if you're not like everything's at my house, which makes a huge difference for me because I don't have to I go miss that anything. a lot. <laughs> I know. And people are like, you got to separate the two. And I'm like, I don't want it. Like mentally I do. I close the door and I have tried. Oh, yeah. I've spent a lot of time this past year, like mentally, like it's four o'clock. I'm going to go read a book instead of keep working. Like, yes. because if it's at your house, like you're like, well, I'm just going to work for another hour. Right. Yes. Um, the yeah. thrifty broad was telling me, uh, maybe a year, a year and a half ago. Cause I used to consolidate down to, and I know you know this, but we have new people. Yes, watching. totally. Um, it, I used to consolidate down too. And it, it was like time consuming, but I couldn't think of anything else. And so now I just take the half empty bin and fill it up. Because yes. then you don't have to like change, but I can see for you that being kind of a struggle because you're taking it back and forth. Like I'm just yes. bringing my mind up half empty from the basement. I was going to say, if I was doing all of it myself, all the physical work myself, I would probably do it that way. And now like I, I sort of do it. I sort of do do that in certain instances. Like, like I was kind of telling you back here behind me, all these like little bins um, back here yeah. Ta-da! those are all bins well um those all have really small things in them but like for example my aunt uh recently gave me her like lifetime collection of like button pins and those are things that are like i i price them for like 15 bucks like they're below my normal price point but i don't pay anyone to handle those and i personally can do them really really fast and they take up like almost no space they're super cheap to ship you know so i'm like okay I'll like piecemeal that huge lot out. It's like a huge collection with like thousands of pins. So every once in a while I'll like grab 25 or 50 pins and I will just get them listed myself within like an hour or two. And so for that, it's like, I have, you know, this bin right here is partially full and I know there's room in it. So I'm going to go ahead and log those pins as in that bin and just add them. But, you know, so that's at your house. Cause that's the struggle my house. Be, yeah. I mean, cause I'm thinking through this, the struggle would be is if you took a half empty bin, you took yeah. it to your sister-in-law's house to do it. And then it takes you a week to get listening and get it. If something sold out of that bin, you're like, wait, where is that? Yeah. Right. So that's it's, why it can't work for you. It's a sacrifice of, it's the sacrifice of being able to have, you know, twice the inventory I could have if I had to keep it all in my garage um, still. But I, I'm telling you though, like the next place I live, I really want to have it on site again because I'm so tired of like schlepping things back and forth. Like I am doing it because it's the best case scenario for my current setup and there's not a better way available to me here, but I want there to be the next house. So. Well, and I'm just thinking the time, I don't want to say wasted because it's just what you're doing, but you know, right. just the schlepping back and bad. forth. And yeah, then the, I mean, it's, it costs time for sure. And the human error that's possible in the more processes that you have. And I'm sure you, you have, have your processes. Errors? Down, but, I don't like errors, Sarah. I, I, I'm sure yours are fine. I'm thinking for me, I actually, I lost my first, not my first, The it's probably been a year and a half or two years since I could not find an item. And yeah. not figure out why. Like most of the time it's sold on eBay and I didn't take it off of Poshmark. Yeah. It's like, like some, some administrative. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was like a return or like something. Um, I, it was in the bin and there, it was like, let's say it was number 101 and I had 100 and I had 102. It's and like, I was like, I don't, like, there's nowhere it could be. Like, I mean, it's somewhere, but I'm like, it, I kind of, I don't know. Yeah, that was a complete side note, but I'm just thinking like the more processes you have and the more places that it's going, yeah, or like even moving it to a new bin if it like falls and now it's like underneath something or like yeah, those are cracks that things do occasionally fall through. I mean, I didn't even have a bin number inventory system until you know fairly recently. Like I know you and Rosie like, were talking about that, and I'm like, like I I know. <laughs> excuse me i hope it's going well with rosie i haven't heard i haven't checked in with her about it but um 
Yeah. Um, on were... that note, Anna does have a book that talks a lot about, this was not a segue, but I just looked down and I was like, oh yeah, she has oh, a book. Oh, here it is. <laughs> oh yeah. Great timing. Actually. I have, you can see behind me here, this old dinosaur of like a file sorter I actually mm -hmm. talked about finding this for free in the book because it was like a huge moment for me. Cause I was like so happy to find it, but I have restocked them. I had, they like ran out for a while. And so I now have like 20 copies again. Anybody wants one, they're available. I, I will sign them. I'll write you a sweet little note and ship it to you. Oh, mine's not signed. It's not? I know. Well, I'm gonna have to I'll, I'll have to fly to Georgia and come visit you. Um, This is a general, sorry, I mean to cut you off. This is a general Q&A as well. If people have questions in the chat, we're just checking in, um, talking general reseller chat, things that happened with us that we think other people might find value from. But if you guys do have questions, uh, feel free. Anna, if you're new, Anna is strictly an eBay seller, but she has 12,000 items and it's her full-time income. Um, I, it's my only income. I make your main jam. I think that's what yeah, we right. But I only work, I mean, this week I've worked like five hours because my kid's schedule this week is just ridiculous, but um, beautiful. I love it. It's, it's nice to be able to, like this morning, they had their fundraiser fun run that I went to go see. And then we built, we got a bunch of donations. They have an outdoor classroom. People bought um, picnic tables and sheds. Oh. Well, we put them together and that is not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with like, so my daughter's classroom is first to third grader. So you're talking oh. like six to nine year olds. Oh my gosh. Helping while you're also trying to read the instructions. It was like, I like had to take a walk after. I was like, this is <laughs> Um, but I'm glad that I was able. There were six parents that got to do it and help out. Um, yeah. and most of the kids were like, this is the best work cycle ever. It's so much fun. We're actually learning things and doing stuff and so proud of their work. Um, which You're is like, great. <gasps> oh, I know. <laughs> Me and that shed, I'm like, it should not be hard. It is four balls in a top. Why is this so difficult? Um, yeah. But this little first grader helped me figure out the instructions. <laughs> I love that. Like legitimately, I didn't like. You're like what, <laughs> what yeah you? i was like can you he read it and he was like well this is what the picture looks like you have it upside down and i was like you're right 100 <laughs> good spatial skills kid good job that's funny um so you are back from traveling right i wanted to touch base a little bit too because i have questions if you guys are members i do have a couple members here thrifty broad is here welcome carrie is yeah. here randy's a member um if you guys are gold members we talk Oh, sorry. Um, we're talking, you know, like building consistency. That's one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have is the consistency. And yeah. I think it also goes into like when you're traveling, like how do you, you're back from traveling, but were you still listening consistently and trying to keep as consistent as you were? And what are like some tips and tricks that you have? Yeah. While traveling, but also just normally to stay consistent. Yes. Well, yeah, I was going to say it does get a little extra like off kilter. Sorry, I hate seeing the glare in my glasses, but then I can't read. So <laughs> um, I think traveling puts me a little more off kilter than usual. Consistency is something that my general brain and personality wise, like I struggle with, but I find it really helpful to identify like at what altitude I have consistency, right? Like, mm -hmm. am I listing things consistently every 30 minutes? Am I listing things consistently every day, mm -hmm. every week? Like, what it, what does that mean, you know? Because I find that when I can define, like, what consistency I'm going for, <laughs> it's much easier to, like, measure and kind of assess how consistent or not I am. So, anyway, that's my No, point. no, that's a good point because I think, too, like, having a goal, whatever it is, knowing if you don't know what your goal yeah. is or what you're tracking, then, you like, how are you ever going to get there? Yes. And sidebar, I have a clinical psychology background and I can tell you that was my previous life <laughs> and I actually still have a license. So it's kind of my current life too, but um, I'm not practicing right now, but um, our perception and our felt sense of how consistent we are is like wildly subjective for most people. And so, you know, it's important to like respect and honor and you know, hold space for like how you feel about things and how you perceive things. But for me, I find I, I know from experience and from comparing like the measurable things to my implicit feelings about stuff, um, like kind of how accurate or not that tends to be. <laughs> so so do you find like making lists or like writing things down? Like, so what I'm hearing you say is like what you're actually doing and what you're perceiving you're doing is yeah. vastly different for most people. Yeah, they, they can be. And it's like, okay. sometimes you might be, you know, more on target and sometimes not. Um, I actually have an interesting piece of data I want to tell you about later that kind of 
circles back around to this. Go for it. I don't know if I'll get to it. Go for it. Well, uh, I was just going to say with, as far as like what I was doing while I was traveling, I was back home in the U.S. visiting my family. And so I did, I did continue. I I put on time away, which was great. Mm -hmm. I did continue to list. Um, I didn't do like a set number of things every day, but I had a bunch of drafts just like waiting. I hit sorry on accident. So say that again. I didn't hear it. Oh, I was just, where, what's the last thing you heard? Um, you were traveling away. You had time away on. Okay. Yes, I had time. Okay, great. Yes, I had time away on and I had like a bunch of drafts just sitting there. So I didn't necessarily do like exactly 10 things a day or whatever, but I would like sit down and get some listings up every day. And some days it was like maybe five and some days it was like maybe 20. But for me, it was like consistent that I was doing at least some every day. Um, and that was, it, it seemed fine. I could tell there was, you know, in the first couple days of time away, like normal, um, normally when I've done it in the past, like it was slower sales. And then the closer I got to the end of the time away, the more normal and better, you know, the numbers got. So that was kind of good. That was like what I was hoping for, what I expected. Is that Um, how your listing is normally like your consistent listing is every day, not always the same number every day. Do you have like a listing? weekly goal or um well not exactly but again it's like if i'm doing like some amount within a range every day or like every weekday that's really what i go for is like every weekday so um like i've you know heard from uh, a growth advisor before who said you know don't ever go more than like three days without listing so i i pretty much take that as the weekend i'm like okay well saturday and sunday i'm probably not going to list anything but sometimes i do if i just feel like it and the drafts are low-hanging fruit and they're sitting there but um but a lot of times and this is where it's kind of like what's your own what kind of like makes you what's satisfying to you versus like what's like a raw number arbitrary goal like for me all of my stuff all my drafts are uploaded in terms of like what bin they're in so like if i have a bin that has 20 things in it and i'm sitting down to list i'm probably going to list that whole bin because it's only 20 things but you know Mm -hmm. if i have another bin that has 50 things in it and you know 15 of them are clothing items and the other, oh my gosh, math, 35 are not, I might just do the clothing on that day. And then the next day I'll do the rest of the bin. So to me, it's like, I sit down and go like, what feels doable today? You know, and there's usually some arbitrary criteria like that, that I come up with. But if I'm listing at least several every day, you know, and then other times I'm like, well, my helper is about to upload, you know, 150 new drafts tomorrow. So I've got 50 left or I've got a hundred left because I've been slacking. I'm going to sit down and do all of them today, which probably isn't recommended, but I want to get out of her way so she can upload the drafts. Yeah. This is, this is interesting because our brains all work very differently. And I think it's (laughs) different in like what is consistent. Cause to me, I have to have that number. I have to do 10 every single day because otherwise I don't know like, I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. And then I'm not, and then it helps, like, it makes me get out of the consistency. If I'm not doing like the same, I did get off of the weekends. And then we talked to Valerie at eBay headquarters and she's like, you have a list every day. And I was like, even weekends. And she was like, well, I mean, like she didn't say, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and I already have the drafts. Like I have drafts in there. I just was like, I don't want, I do it first thing. Like I'm still laying in the bed when I do it. I, I mean, my kids are, yeah, it takes me like, you know, 30 seconds a draft because they're already done. I just yeah. want them first thing in the morning to be done with it. And it is like every single day, the same number. Um, yeah. Like during the summer, it's eight. It was eight because I didn't have enough photos. And then if I want to somewhere, I, but mostly it's like 10 to 12 a day, depending on yeah how much inventory I have. But it's like I, the same every day. Where like I, what I, you're I doing Unless they're really time intensive for some reason, like they're things I really want to research some more or like something like that. Normally by the time they're drafts, I'm already have researched them. But anyway, sometimes it's not the case. Most times I try to do at least 10. Like if I'm not doing 10 or if I'm, you know, not able to do 10, then I really don't have time to do any. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'll just do them tomorrow. But yeah. Oh yeah, that's valid. So we have a couple of people in the chat that are commenting. I think it's interesting. I'm a for. Uh, I am not consistent with listening due to health challenges. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. I also do, or also do to caregiving for my elderly folks and it's okay. I'm on disability and I do my best all around. And I think you definitely have to be 
kind to yourself and, you know, have your consistency. What is your level of consistency? Yeah. Um, I know the fifth you brought as well. It has an autoimmune disorder, causes yeah. pain, so it's hard to be consistent because of that. Um, and my consistency is children. <laughs> I, yeah. They're not consistent at all. I was telling my husband, typically I have like 15-ish hours without them. But every single week since they have started school, there has been one to two days that it's something's, just, something's come up. Either they're sick yeah. or like I subbed this week because they asked if I could. They couldn't get anyone else. So I subbed. There was a fun run and then there was a fundraiser and then there was like a back yeah. to school. And so it's not even that. And so for me to stay consistent, I have a month worth of drafts ready. Yeah. And I have like three weeks worth of YouTube videos ready, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, that's a lot of right? It is a lot of prep. I mean, I write down everything. Like I write down so much stuff. That's the only way I say organized. Um, but you know, I think there's two, there's kind of two layers of consistency of like why consistency is important, right? One is the almighty algorithm. Like it's, you know, it's good for our, for our businesses, but I'm a big proponent of also like what's good for you and your life because your business, you know, shouldn't run your life, you're, you should run your business. And so for me, like the, the consistency that I feel like consistency and sustainability of running the business are very closely related for me. And mm -hmm. so whatever level of consistency kind of like works for me as the runner of the business is going to have to be good enough for the algorithm, you know, yeah. like, that's yeah, right. Cause you can't, otherwise what happens is, is you do this hamster wheel and then you get, yes. Ready which is the first couple of years is what I was doing. And then finally it like dawned on me to like get ahead in it. At first it was a day. And then at first, cause now when yeah. like I haven't done, I have not shot a YouTube video this week. Yeah. I just have not had time, but I don't feel stressed out about it because last week I shot six Yeah, because I knew like, I didn't know this week was going to be crazy. Yes, totally. I knew that it was going to be crazy because that's my life. Um, And so that allows me a little bit of the like less hamster wheel for me, but to still know that I'm being, Consistent. Yes. But I know it doesn't work for everyone. I know everyone doesn't bank drafts um, and yeah. it's different for everybody, but that's come up. Um, what was your data point you wanted to talk about? Now you said you had like a oh, data point for me. So I'm like, well, what is Yes, it? I do. I was just, I, let me chime in one more thing about that, about yeah, yeah. and being ahead also. So I don't even know if I have ever told you this, but I actually also have a podcast and we haven't worked on it since basically, I don't know, it's been a couple of years at this point because when COVID happened, my co-host moved and we both had a lot of life stuff happening, but we do want to get back to it, but it's called the Doing Scary Things podcast and I'm bringing it up. We have a, a couple seasons of it, a lot of really cool interviews with people who are doing sc their scary thing in their life. Mm -hmm. And um, I okay. produced the episodes. And so that was me with the podcast. Like we've got to be like a month ahead of schedule mm -hmm. having these raw, these raw audios like in, because I would get so stressed out if it was like, oh my gosh, I have to hurry up and get this thing edited for like Thursday or whatever. Like I'd be like, oh my gosh. So I always was like, we got to be, we got to have four episodes in, in, in the queue, you yeah. know, ahead of where we need to be. And that was honestly like such a game changer for like the stress level of producing it all together. So I totally, totally get that. Um, As well. And in doing it, I've really worked hard in the past year to do it. We are in a half to do bank and it's given me my time back because yeah. I'm not constantly like I'm not. And I think what a lot of people struggle with is because I have I don't know, 150 items right now that could be listed. Yeah. And so like, well, just list them, right? Like if I have a hundred items, I'm just going to list them, um, which is fine. But then for three weeks, I wouldn't have anything. And yeah. the all appeasing algorithm, right? Yes, like, right. And you're like, it's not worth losing the momentum, you know, just to, I don't know. I understand that though too. But like when you do have a good rhythm with your store, like I, I would understand that I was a lot more like that when I was in super like build up mode. Right. But now I'm like, we're looking for homeostasis. Now we're looking for replacing the value of the items instead of the number of the items selling through, like, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about replenishing the stuff a different way. Like now that we're in that more, it's like, it's not as important to just be like, that urgency of like, well, every available thing needs to be listed as quickly as possible. Like, yes, it can't sell until it's listed, but also that's why we have a good foundation already because we can afford to like pace ourselves, you know? Well, and I think some of the listing, and this is where everyone is different, but for me, yeah. like having those numbers, 
it tells me, okay, I need to do this many photographs this week. I need to do this many listings this week. I need to do. So it helps you like manage what you need to do. Otherwise you just yeah. kind of look at everything and you're like, oh my God, that's a lot of crap. I'm going to go just take just overwhelming. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what, whose time is going to be doing this? Like all my time right. is already spoken for Like it's, yeah. And to me, if I like break it into small mini tasks, I'm like, okay, if I, so I list like 84 a week now and yeah. I'm like, 84 photos, that takes me three hours. I can do that in the morning. Right. And then it's scary, right? No. And now I'm like, uh, that's like a thousand items behind me. That's a lot. Like, oh. <laughs> like la, 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 la. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where death piles kind of start too, right? Because it's yeah. just like so much. But um, I will say they are finite and you do like when you can know how much time it's going to take you to do stuff, it's so freeing because you still get to choose when that time is spent, you know, but like, it's just not this like amorphous blob of overwhelm. Anyway. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. How do you list a lot of similar items fast? Mm. Well, I will tell you, if you don't mind, I just did this uh, with all those button pins um, that I was talking about earlier. So, you know, they're not all identical. It's not like multiple quantity. It's like they're all individual button pins, but they're all going to be in the same category. They're all going to have the same shipping policy, you know, stuff like that. They're all used condition. They're from a collection. They're vintage. So I would make one like listing draft and I would copy it basically and bulk list them. Um, so this is what I, this is literally the process that I just did. I go and I make one draft for like, you know, a, a, but a pin back, basically a collectible pin back. And then I fill out all the stuff in there that that's going to be the same across all of those listings of similar items. And then I just literally copy the draft and I make, say I make 50 copies. Okay. Well now I'm going to go pull 50 pins I'm going to take the photos, you know, for me, for whatever reason, it's easier because I like them to be square. So I take the photos and then upload them into the drafts instead of taking them directly in the drafts. I don't know why. It's it too slow. I've timed it. Yes. Yes. That's it bothers me. So I, so I do it that way, but I'll go and I'll take all my photos, open a draft, you know, upload the photos for one pin, save it as a draft. And then basically once I get all the photos in, I go to all the drafts and I bulk edit them to do the titles. I put in the titles there and then, um, Oh, you bulk. Oh, okay. Cause then you don't have to open up each one. That's right. You, all I have to do is like type in the title that I want, or usually it's adding on the base. So I might say like vintage, you know, pin back. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what I said, vintage oh, yeah, novelty pin back or something. And then add the specific information. Maybe it's the color or the shape, or if there's writing on it, what the writing says or whatever. And so I'll go add in the rest of the title and then I just hit list and they all get listed 50. So like yeah, I did that yesterday and it took me like not even two hours to do like 50. That's smart to do it in bulk edit because, and this is like, it doesn't sound like a lot. This is with like bulk shipping. We people don't use, I, do you do bulk shipping? I, I don't, but yes. I have oh, to so here we go because it's only like you have to open up and you're like, oh, it's only 30 seconds, but 30 seconds for 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 yes. items, it adds up really quickly. So, so the bulk editing yes. is smart. If you have items similar enough, I think that you. Yes. That is why I don't do bulk shipping because I always have the most miscellaneous possible type of things. And I do put in like all my shipping dimensions and stuff. I eyeball them. Like I you can change stuff. the shipping and bulk shipping. I know, but I have done this before. And if I was like, if I did have all similar things, I'd probably do it. But what happens is I have to go and I'm like choosing, you know, I don't know, whatever I'm putting in the exact weight. I'm choosing the shipping service, blah, blah, blah. And by the time I got down to the end, the page timed out and it, it erased everything I had done. I had to start. Oh, really? Yes. Because I was How trying long ago was this? This was like earlier this year because it, I was like, advised like I should start using scan mm -hmm. sheets because I probably seem like a huge jerk to my mail carrier because they have to scan like 40 or 50 things. Mine doesn't like them though. Yeah, mine, I asked her and she's like, oh, I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me. And I was like, okay, well that makes me feel better. But I was like, I am going to try it to try and make your life easier. Well, so I wonder if you even just did 10 at a time, I would say. Yeah, that's what I probably should do. But is that's like, an e-boat. Like you need to tell eBay that. That's a problem. Yeah, I did. Actually, when we were out there, I told oh them, I was like, I tried and I was so mad because it took me hours to do that. I yeah. had like, you know, 50 plus items and it erased all of my work. 
And then I was like, screw it. I'm going one by one because that's what I'm used to doing. And I, I yeah. know how to do that fast, but I'm sure it's not as fast as if the bulk shipping thing worked. <laughs> so you did like 10 at a time. I didn't realize yeah. that it turned out. That's no, but that's a that's a good suggestion though. Like, because I always do have like, okay, here's all my things that I know are going first class. Here's all my things that are clothing or whatever. These are all gonna go in flat rate envelopes. Like I can probably look at my my list of solds and see like, okay, I could cherry pick out all the ones that are probably the most similar. And so try you, that. Don't enter, you don't enter in shipping before you, when you list it? No, I do. But a lot of my shipping policies are like, it's priority or UPS or FedEx. And I don't know which one is going to be the cheapest because uh, I'm if it's going to Seattle, it might be cheaper if it's UPS, but you okay. know, yeah. there's just <laughs> all that little like, Stuff you sell a lot of different things too. It's much easier for me because yeah. like this Which weighs is under a pound and I live in the middle of the country. It's going to cost me $5. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> That's where it gets me is because I can't, I can't blanket yeah. most of the things, you know, but anyway, um, well, okay. so let me say, I don't do my own listings, um, but when I did, and I know some best practices, and it depends, like you have a lot of miscellaneous things. So I don't think this would work so well for you. Um, <laughs> but like I do all women's clothing. So you can have like shoes or boots or right, right. You can create listing templates um, to yes. where it, basically what you did, but it would be a template. And then anytime that you listed a vintage pin, you would pull that up and all of your like listing policies would be the same. All of the things that would be the same on like, for me, it would be like a pair of boot cut jeans and I could list everything out and I could even have it where it's like a pair of boot cut jeans, size eight, like all of it, things that I list over and over and over again, if you're pretty yeah. niche down, like I am, and then you just pick the template and you do it. Um, until recently, this last update, eBay didn't allow virtual assistants to have listing templates, which seems ridiculous to me because that's what most virtual assistants do is listing. Yeah. But recently they said when we were at headquarters, they said they had updated it and they have, and I, I'm working oh, on good. my virtual assistants to work on the templates. Um, yeah. But they were just doing sell similar, right? So like they would find yeah. an item of mine, which I think most people probably do, but the bulk edit if you're doing a bunch of the same thing, which is yeah. pretty genius. Um, I think we do have a question. I am going to say, friends, if we're talking and you have a question in the chat, if you want to put question or if you want to do like a super chat or something, just so I can see it, because sometimes it takes a minute to read through and see if it's a question or if it's just you guys chatting. Uh, for beginners like myself, I'm two months in and I'm on the path of being an eBay top rated seller. Congrats. But my question is, how many items should I list a day? I mean... I'll let you answer and then we'll see how many a day. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think, Hmm, it depends, <laughs> but okay. Generally I would say you're beginner ish. Um, you probably have a lot of energy still, but you're probably also on some learning curves. I don't, it would be helpful to know if you do sell in a niche or not. Like for me being mis very miscellaneous, I was trying to do, five to 10 things a day because that was like doable. If I was doing all the same type of thing, I might say more than that just because it's inherently going to be a little more streamlined. Um, but you know, even when you're photographing stuff, if I'm going from photographing a thermos to a pair of jeans, to a pair of shoes, to like a mm -hmm. library book, like it's just like a lot of switching. And so, um, for me, I, I've, you know, I've noticed over the years that like that takes me longer, you know, and I do try to actually batch as much as I possibly can, even if I'm doing a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. If I have a bunch of coffee mugs, I'll do them all at the same time because I'm like in the coffee mug mindset when I'm photographing those. Well, ones. and it is quicker, even if it's just seconds. Yeah. It is. They add quicker. up, man. They add up. But I would say like five to ten. And if you feel like you're eating that for breakfast, then challenge yourself and kick it up. Yeah. Um, I would, and I like this perspective because I like very hard, like numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think about like all the other aspects of it. Um, and so I think it depends on what you can manage. Right. And like yeah. what your end goals are, if you are going to be like, I'm going to do 30 a day and then in a week you're burnt out and you just don't do any, right. that's probably too many. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's a numbers game to me. What, what is your end result? And if you guys watch my eBay store reviews on Wednesday, if you didn't, you can go back and watch them. Um, but I do the golden formula for resellers. Like what is your end goal? What do you want your gross to be? How many actives do you need to get there? What is your average sale price? What is your sell through rate? Figure out all those numbers and you can go all the way down to it. Like there's a reason that I list 12 a day because I want 
to hit $10,000 a month. And it's yeah. all a backwards numbers game for me. Yeah. And also I know it's doable. I've pumped it up to 15 a day. That's not manageable it's in my life right now. Well, that's the other thing. I think, I think burnout can be really scary, but again, going back to like how our perception is very subjective and you know, how well we're regulating our emotions that day. <laughs> so it can be subjective, you know, for all people. And so I love the hard numbers too. For that reason, because it's like you can also go like, okay, say that you do feel like, well, 10 is just not enough like momentum for me. I'm going to do 20 a day. Okay, commit to that for like a week and then evaluate at, after that week. Don't evaluate it while you're doing it. If it's really, really hard and it's terrible and you're like, I'm going to hate this. Wait till you get to the end of the week and see. Do it as an experiment. Like there's so much permission and freedom to like let your experience and the numbers inform your decision when you treat things like an experiment. So you, you can't fail an experiment. All you can do is learn from it, you know? Oh, I like that. You can't fail an experiment. I like that. It is. And it is a learning process. What's going to work not yeah. only to get your numbers goals, but then also something that you can maintain and build consistency at. Because if you can do 20 for a week, but you can't keep it long-term, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter for that week. But if you're trying to make this like a business, you have right. to, build it in a way that you can maintain with it. I know you had a couple of questions or do we get to the data point or we got some? I'm going to tell you, I, promise. <laughs> I just didn't tease you the whole time. Okay. You said that number and I'm like, come on. You're like, tell me, tell me. Um, okay. So I can actually possibly find a way to show you because it's actually like a chart, but um, oh. let me explain it first. Cause I don't know. I don't know if this is a growth advisor thing that only they have access to, or if it's a thing that we can access ourselves and you probably know whether you have access to this or not, but basically yeah. I'm working with a promotions advisor right now. We're just checking in every couple of weeks, seeing how our strategy is working, et cetera. But she, I met with her this week and she sent me this little handy dandy like line graph in advance. And it was the last five years of my sales, my gross sales, but it was um, broken down by every week in the year. So this is like week like 42 or 43, I think. Have you seen that? A chart like that? We don't have that. No, that's you don't have access to that? Okay. Well, um, I oh wait. Not for five years. Oh, right, and right. I was you yeah, well, might have been me, but so we don't have it for five hey, years. You can, no, but there was somewhere where you could look at like you want the gross number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep and talking. Can, Let me see. And can specifically talk. like broken down like week one, week two, week three through week 52 of the year. That's what it, that's what it was. And I thought it was super interesting because, because again, right? Like I, I've been doing this for five years and my perception of the last couple of months was like, oh my God, this is so much worse than usual. Like usually I have a summer slump in like July and August, but like never in September. <laughs> I looked at this, this chart and was like, no, this is exactly like every other year before. Like, oh, so you could see the seasonality. Yes. yes. But, um, but it was really cool because, you know, we've been doing all this, all of implementing all this stuff while things have been kind of down. And um, she was like, so yeah, it looks like in the next like week or two, you're going to start seeing your Q4 spike that you always see. And I was like, that's actually really encouraging. And it did it. So it's like, probably like next week. So we'll see if it like continues to follow suit. But I just thought it was amazing. Well, because also I know that most of our backend stuff on eBay, we absolutely don't have five years of data on anything, you know? No, wow, so like it's not. Yeah, yeah. So this went to stream route. I'm going to show you. So this is not, I like this question. It's not because I like, you have these feelings of what is happening. And yeah. oftentimes for me, I'm like, oh my God, sales suck so bad. And then I look at my numbers and I'm like, what are you talking about, Sarah? Get it together. Like, so you have to like gut check yourself. So there is a part in eBay. It doesn't go back five years. Um, can you see this? Yes. Okay. Oh, so yes. Okay. Is that so under... If you go to performance, performance yeah, and then okay. you go to sales and you can see my sales are actually down. Um, <laughs> it's not a gut check. And you scroll down and this is cool too, because you can look at promoted listings. And if you do, yes. oh wait, let me go up so I can show you what I did. So I did this year okay. compared to the previous year. So it won't Great. go five years, but it'll, if it's a seasonal trend and you scroll down. Yeah. So you can see, I definitely have a seasonal trend too, right? Like it did yes. in the summer, but mine does come back up in August and September. Normally it did yeah. not. 
this year. So like, that's not the case. You're like WTF. Well, yeah. And I mean, honestly, especially the last couple of years, the, the patterns have not been as, as typical, but they are still there loosely. And so that was helpful to see because my perception, of course, all of our perceptions just went into some rabbit hole when COVID happened, yeah. I think, but yeah. 2020, 2021, I was like, nothing is normal, nothing is predictable. And I had some major months like that too, where it was like, okay, this is the part where it's supposed to get better. And it did not, you yes. know? Well, and the thing I find too is social media. And you're not on social media as much, I think a little bit more. Yeah, it's probably good because you hear so many times people like, oh my God, my sales are suck. And blah, blah. And like when you hear over and over and over again, you're like, oh my God, mine too. And then I look and I'm like, wait, no, not mine too. Right. <laughs> this is just people talking about like, like Poshmark changed their search algorithm and yes. my, my sales tanked and it was awful. And it was, I was like, oh my God, Poshmark, yeah. like, why did you, you know, I'm getting all up in the hype. And then I looked at my numbers and I was like, I'm doing better year over year on Poshmark. So yeah. it's not impacting me and not yeah. to say like not saying it wasn't impacting other people. We found out that there was a test group A and test group B and they changed some and not others. Yes. So I, I was fortunate to where I was not changed, yeah. but I was getting all up in the hype too. And then it's like, check, gut check your numbers and see yeah. if what you think is happening is actually happening. Or well, not. and also like, I don't know, I've all, I've sort of always to some extent been in like growth mode right like mm -hmm. like when when is the foundation really set and i've sort of waffled on that and of course trying to make those decisions during major economic changes and pressures and concerns like that's hard um but like one thing like when i look at my numbers i actually i did have to do this recently i i am working with a financial planner for like our overall like life finances house buying decisions like all kinds of stuff yeah, and yeah. um he was like, wow, your business is really growing. Like, look at this. It, like year over year, it's like way better. And I'm like, yes. Hey, yes, it is. Like, <laughs> like my, my gross sales has gone like way up, like every single year, year over year. But, you know, something that I know in the back of my mind or not even the back, <laughs> the front of my mind is like, yeah, it's gone up, you know, this percentage, which is the same as, you know, the previous year percentage. Yeah but I have doubled my inventory since then. Yes. And so it's like, it's not proportionate with how right. much inventory is growing. It is still growing, thank God. But it, in my expectations, it should be growing more. It should be growing proportionately and it hasn't. This is a great point. And this is one of the big reasons that I harp so much on tracking your sell-through rate. Yeah. Because that, if you're if you're increasing your listings and your sell through rate is going down, yes, yes you're making more money, but not proportionally. Right. So either you're something's wrong, and I'm not saying this for you, but just in general. No, you're right though. A teaching lesson, like either you're buying things people don't want, your other inventory needs to be sold better, or that things that you're listing aren't you're not listing them correctly. Your listings are very stagnant, and you don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but that's what, like when I was in growth mode and like my sell through rate is not, I met with a growth advisor as well. Um, yeah. And he was like, yeah, your gross is down a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But then it gave the number of listings compared to last year. And I was like, yeah, but I have increased my, like I have 500 more items available now than I did last year and my sales wow. are worse. Right. And he was like, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's the <laughs> problem. And, and yeah. If you want to know what it is, watch all my videos for the past month and a half, at least for me, because that's what I've been doing. It's been creating amazing content for YouTube. Um, yeah. But that's what I've been doing is like they're not it's not growing proportionately. Like I yeah. am making more gross, but it's not at the same level. Right. Yes. Um, and, and my sell through rate has been decreasing, which means there's something in the back end that's going on. Yeah. The back end or the macroeconomics i mean well yes right so the back is something else yeah the yeah, market can impact it as well that's what i've noticed too and it's been an interesting like dive to try to discover like well what are the ways that i can have some influence over this because you know so what if my you know that mm -hmm. wonderful total value of inventory number is over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars? i can't liquidate that overnight like i've got to keep running the store so it's like you know, what can I do to kind of maximize everything? Um, so what are you doing? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I mean, there are, there are some things. So 
I am probably, well, I don't know. It depends on how busy Q4 is with shipping. <laughs> what I am hoping for is that I'll be so busy shipping stuff all the time that I won't have a lot of time to do any of this until Q4. But, yeah, which is um, the dream, right? Although I, I hate, hate doing, I hate, like once I get more than 15 a day, I'm like, which is another reason that I didn't want to increase my listing. Cause I was like, I don't have the time to ship more. Yes. Like I would like to make more, but then that also means I have to ship more. Right. I know. I'm like, okay, this is why we're turning this large ship to, you know, put better, more high quality, more high dollar inventory into the store. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I am doing things like keeping on top of my listings, not being stagnant. I'll let them get a little stale, but not stagnant. And then, um, so for those that are new, what's the yes. difference between stale and stagnant? So stale is if it's more than 30 days old with the same listing ID number and the remedy to that is to sell similar. Um, stagnant is 90 days or more. And so I didn't even know this was a thing. I thought it was like a myth essentially and paid no attention to it until a growth advisor like ran a report and showed me and I was like, oh crap, 99% of my 12 and a half thousand items are completely stagnant. <laughs> so 99%. Oh yeah, it was, it was, that was earlier this year. So this year I've been like cycling through, you know, refreshing everything. And so now I don't have anything that's actually stagnant. I have like a small subset that's stale that's on the way to getting refreshed basically. So when you say you refresh, you're ending it and selling it somewhere. That's right. Are you changing things? Um, no, but another thing that I do have control over that I'm probably going to do more of in Q1 uh, is auditing my listings. And so, and I have done some of that. I'll actually go, this is the first time I've ever used the custom label field actually, because I've, I've gone in, I've sorted my, all of my active listings by like the most valuable first and um, audited for like, make literally just make sure it's in the right category and not in an other category, you know, subcategory. Um, especially if it's really old, because how many times has eBay, especially for your stuff, yes. you have so many, like if they change the category in theory, they do it for you, but it's That's on right. the case. Yes. So it's that it's taking care of any, um, any item specifics that are required or like actually relevant recommended ones. It's making sure my title is optimized. Sometimes it's making sure my photos are okay. There's a couple things that are really valuable that now I'm like, I really want to rephotograph that and I haven't done it yet. So there's stuff like that, that and comps, me, oh, yeah. well, comps too. So I do an audit every summer. Oh, yeah. Um, I list less items every summer because I have virtual assistants. I take the summer off. I get yeah. as many photos as I can so that I can draft, but so there I, they sell work. And so I audit every summer, they make their drafts and then I tell them to audit five old items um, yeah. and go through and make sure it's in the right category, check the comps again. Right. Because if you, if you had it for three years and the market's crashing, people are not paying with the, at least for my stuff, like they're yeah. not paying what they used to pay five years ago when I listed, not five, but like right, yeah. I did a couple, you know, go through and refresh or like if it could be a sweater or a hoodie, put it under a hoodie this time, you know, change right. categories and um, shift it around. Yeah. Yeah. I have never bothered to do any of that. I'm always like, well, I could do that or I could list more, more new stuff that, you know, whatever, because I've been so convinced for such a long time. Like, well, I sell things every single week that I did list literally five years ago and it's for asking price. And so why not just sit on it, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, I do think that in terms of like, there, there have been periods of time where I've gotten a little lazy with my titles or like, or whatever. I just didn't take as much detailed care. And so, but I'm still not going to waste my time. So that's where I think it comes in, like sort things by value and do the most valuable stuff first. Because that's going to be. Oh, so you're doing it by value. Yeah. So I'll do, I've audited like everything that's like over a hundred dollars, I think already at this point. And so now it'll be like, you know, a casual, like maybe I'll do five things a day or something or have someone else do it. But, um, that's also, you know, if we're, if we're going to be moving at any point and I'm going to be like not adding new stuff to the store for a month because I'm like busy moving, um, I might like have my helper work on that instead or something, but you know, somehow or another, that's a thing that I can have some influence over that is going to increase my mm -hmm. chance of sales, you know, for those items, like that will directly help. Things so. that you already have. And I think I did a video a couple of weeks ago. I have one of my big pet peeves in our reseller culture is list, 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 list. Um, and it's not, and you kind of touched on it too. Like it's working and we watch social media and everyone's like, make more money. You list more items, which is right. 
true, but you're also spending more money. <laughs> true, and but there's nuances. <laughs> Right. And if your sell-through rate, if you're listing more items and your sell-through rate is going down, you're not making more. I mean, you're making yeah. more money, but not at the same, like we were talking about, not at the same proportion. So going in the back end and figuring out, or like you said, for me, like some of it's the macroeconomics that are impacting, like the market is absolutely impacting me. And I'm going through and changing prices and running a lot of sales because- yeah. I can't go in and recomp everything, but I know like if I've had it for two years, it's, part of it is probably it's priced too high. Yeah. Um, so either going into bulk editing and dropping everything like 10% or just running really large sales. And the other thing, and I think the video released yesterday, we kind of touched on it yesterday or last week, but I was like, I have a video coming out. We can't talk yeah, about yeah. it. Um, so for me, it's promoted listings. I used it about a year and a half ago. I did an analysis and I was like, should I use it? Should I not? Yeah. I did it at 2% and then I was running a lot of sales and putting the cost savings to the buyer. But I think what's happening, at least in my category, and I think most, eBay is really, really pushing promoted sales, um, right? They make more money. Um, but it also like puts it different places, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, not yeah. going to that. But they've been pushing it and for more people to stay current more people are using it now than they were a year and a half ago when i did this scenario right so I was doing it at two percent and it was working just fine yeah but i bumped it up to, and i went crazy i was like you can go to 25 percent, right <laughs> which to me is like oh my god 25 but if you're going to give up that profit why not get something for it right Right. And I did it. So I went through and you guys can watch the full video um, on my, I think I released it yesterday. I go through the whole scenario and how to set this up for yourself as well yeah. and make a campaign um, to figure out if it works. But I went through and like all my old, I think it was like the oldest hundred items. I like super promoted it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So my, I think my promoted fee was like 14% or something, which kind of was like, <gasps> But I'm like, I've had these for a year and a half and they're not selling. I, I would rather like, lose 14%. And <laughs> right, I still made the 76 per, or yeah, 86%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still made 86% yeah. when it was just sitting, right? And so yeah. I am using promoted listings. I'm trying to be a bit more strategic. Like my older inventory, this is what I'm thinking. Let me know. Yes. I'm thinking old inventory, I'm going to do like huge promoted listings because it already has, Michelle's mentioning too here, like eBay has your data, Google has your data. You don't want to like just get rid of it right away. Yeah. So I'm thinking older inventory, I promote really high. Like it already is on eBay. eBay already has some algorithm with it. Promote it super high and see if I can't get it sold that way. Yeah. And if it doesn't sell that way after maybe like a month, then uh, yeah, sell similar it. That's really interesting. I mean, I feel like a lot of things, not to just be like, that doesn't apply to me because I'm special, but it is hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, we're different categories. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like all the categories. So I'm like, when I'm looking at it as a total store, it's like I could go in and look at that stuff per category and it'd probably be like a little more valuable information and not so like washed out in the averages. Yeah, um, yeah. But as far as a broad-based strategy, what, what we're trying, me and my growth advisor are trying is to do whatever the recommended promotion for the category is plus up to 2% above that. Yeah. And we're seeing like, where is the sweet spot that it like makes a difference, but isn't overkill. And so we started with, you know, recommended plus 1% and it didn't make a huge difference. So now we're doing recommended plus 2% and we're going to yeah. see. See, and I just went wild. I was like recommended plus 15%. Yeah. That's what happens. And then like scale back. And you can still put a ceiling on it too. So yes. like, which is what I did. I was like, don't do more than 25% because I can't. I am, if you guys are watching, I'm going to promote like my oldest item that I just want to see. I'm going to promote it at like 80% and see if it would just, so watch, because I'm going to do a video on it because I think it would be fun. <laughs> it's going to be like every other listing is like that listing. Yeah. Well, so I want to know if like at 80%, if it'll actually sell or if it's just like, this is a crap item. No one's going to buy it no matter what you do, sir. Right. Uh, Broad, which also she's in a very similar category as me. Yeah. Um, she went to suggested ad rate. One thing that I'm wondering though, at some point, we were talking about this on my live on uh, Wednesday. It, it's going up. The suggested ad rate is going up because then I'm going to do suggested ad rate plus one. Yeah. And then everybody else is doing that. So then that's the new suggested ad rate. And then it's, and at some point, it's going to have to cap out from a seller perspective. eBay right. could be like, sure, we'll go to 75%. We'll take all your money. Yeah. yeah. But at what point, it's got to stop at some point, right? I think the answer to that 
is the old school barriers to entry of having very high quality listings because nothing about promoted ads can touch the organic promotion that happens of your listing when it has higher quality. So like, yes, the promoted ads are helping obviously, but even like if you're promoting a really crappy low quality listing that has one blurry picture and no item specifics and three words in the title, it is not going to promote that above something that's better quality. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that's important because it's, it's the easy button in a way to go like, well, I'm just going to throw this up and promote it. You know, yeah, but if you have bad listings, you should have bad listings. Yes. And so, and like, that's not how, how we're necessarily using it, but it's like a lot of sellers probably will because it's like easier and it's faster. So yeah. I think that's important to just like, don't, don't forsake the basics because those are going to help continue to help you in a way that promotions like aren't really necessarily going to get around. So, so this is, so this is interesting because I think you do get some organic with having really good quality. If you do the listing yeah. quality report, you can see where you rank in your categories. Yeah. Um, and I tend to rank in definitely the top hundred and a top hundred for clothing is like top maybe 5% yeah. um, depending on the category. So like my listing quality is really well and I'm still having to do the paid promotions at trending to yeah. get where it is. And it's not because the listing quality, I think it's because of all the different places. What you're paying eBay for is to put it under, if you look at someone's listing, there's like four or five, six, maybe even different places on someone else's listing that they will put it for you. Yeah. So even if you have a really good quality item, if it's not in six different places, that's six less chances of someone getting there. Right. But I'm wondering too, as I'm talking, this is why I like these conversations. As I'm talking through this, I'm wondering if, depending on the category, you sell a lot of miscellaneous, obviously, but if you can- in the name, Sarah. <laughs> if you can build up like your store reputation and your followers and your yeah. newsletters and stuff and get people to come back to you, then you're not having to pay eBay because you've built up your brand, That's right? true. That is true. That's that that just like clicked to me. We have a question and then I can't forget my children. Um, <laughs> what is the percentage of your sales are charged the promotional fee? Um, I can show. Do you know yours offhand? Um, what percentage? Yeah, because so if you oh, I just ended this. So for people following, just joining, um, promoted listing, the basic one, there's three different ones. We're not getting into that, but they're the basic one. You pay a percentage and you say, hey, I'll do two percent but you only pay that percent on the items that sell um and so his question as far as i can tell is asking what percent of those are promoted so for me in october oh. right for me in october right now i will show so you guys know where i'm looking um i'm still on performance i'm still on sales we're looking at a year but actually let's look at no we'll just do a year um but you could look at like the day or whatever for me in october my promoting 55% of my sales come from promoted listings and 44.8 come from organic. If you look in September before I like went gangbusters with increasing my promoted listings, it was 32% were coming from promoted listings and 67 were organic. So I'm getting more sales from promoted listings because yeah. I went from 2% to um, the trending. I'm looking at mine right now well because i was like now I so then yes so then and i know you know this but just for people yeah, those yeah. those percent so in october and this is something i talk about in my video too my sales have my gross sales have increased but now i'm paying instead of paying 32 percent of promoted listing fees i am now paying that suggested ad rate for 67 of my items so my net is actually i can probably show you that too um my my total sales are down 21%, but my net sales are, are down uh, seven, six and a half-ish more because I'm promoting more. I'm paying more to promote. So my net sales are down even more, if that makes sense for people. Yeah. I know for you. It does. <laughs> um, as you're looking for this, I'm not cutting you off, but I'm just going to do my little spiel while you find yours. Um we anna and i are doing this every single friday it's kind of like a recap of what's going on for the week it's been very informative for me <laughs> just bouncing ideas off with someone else and hearing, yeah 
what other people say. Um, it is also a Q&A. So if you guys have questions, feel free to join us and ask those questions as well. We will be here next week, next Friday. Um, so did you find your number? Yeah, I did. But okay. you can keep going. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was it. That was it. I could keep well, talking if you needed. Time. So, well, I just looked at like, I did the same thing, you know, this year compared to the previous and pretty much all year since I started doing promoted listings, like in the spring, um, cause I would, I would have it on like 1% or 2% or whatever. And so I just looked since I actually turned them on for real, um, beyond that, like, and so what I do is the one where it, because I'm across so many categories, I do the one where it's like the suggested plus one or 2% and the percentage of my sales that's been promoted has been between 70 and 80% of my sales ever since I did. The From promoted? Yep. Are your sales increasing? I mean, if you're getting 70 to 80% promoted and it wasn't that much before your sales had to have gone up a lot. Yeah. Well, I think, and so here's what I think happened. So usually I have like, you know, it gets slow, summer slow down or whatever in like June, yeah. July, August, and you know, some point end of September, early October starts going back up. So this year I had no slowdown at all until August. So I think that's what happened is that that mitigated which is good because then you're paying for it and this is i do have to go get my kids but this is one other thing i was thinking about too is we don't pay marketing expenses as ebay sellers right and so to me i'm like okay yes i'm paying a little bit but i'm not if i were a business and i was a brick and mortar i would be i don't know if newsletters and newspapers are it but like you would be yeah. paying marketing if you're slow you would be paying marketing to get your name out there we're not yeah. doing it. that's that's what we're doing with promotion and we get to click a button pretty great and it only comes out by themselves yes. i'm a fan personally yes yes and i mean we have to pay a little bit more but like yeah. we don't pay that i mean our fees we also decide how much to charge for our stuff so right on that note i do have to go get my kids um so we will see everybody next week i do think i have a video coming out tomorrow i don't know right. i have a whole schedule um if you guys have questions do drop those down below me and anna will make sure to get them answered or feel free to reach out to either one of us on instagram both of our handles are linked down below and if you guys want to buy anna's book it's for sale on her link down below as well so it is thank you guys thanks sarah